Trade Square is Australia's first business-to-business marketplace connecting people, brands and organisations into this diverse ecosystem in a unique global landscape. Through pivoting, transforming and reshaping, Australian businesses have an opportunity to create the model for the future that aligns with the world's needs and leveraging the power of a collaborative approach. Through the Trade Square podcast, we will bring together dynamic, diverse and thought-provoking leaders from business, government and organisations to have conversations to further enable new thinking for the future. Welcome to Trade Square, Australia's leading business-to-business marketplace. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen and joining me on the Trade Square podcast today is Joe Palmer, Founder and Managing Director at Pointer Remote. How are you, Joe? I'm very well, thank you. So tell us, who is Joe Palmer? <laughs> um, who is Joe Palmer? Well, I am a let me see. I'm a, I'm an ex teacher that has become a business owner while trying to avoid being a teacher is probably a pretty good um, description. <laughs> I um I'm based uh, about half an hour south of Wagga in southern New South Wales, and I live on a little farm with my husband and two daughters. And yes, I'm the founder and managing director of Pointer Remote. And how do the principles of being a teacher and a business owner come together magically? <laughs> well, actually, it's quite funny. I, um, I always sort of thought when you do a teaching degree, and I think a lot of people sort of find this challenge when you do quite a specific degree that spits you out with a career that's very specific, like teaching or nursing or something like that, that you think that that's all you can ever do and you underestimate how transferable skills are. And I think that my teaching degree and my, my I taught for nine or ten years and um, like just that experience, I, I really underestimated how transferable those skills were. Like, well, realistically, dealing with um, a class full of 15-year-old boys is quite similar to dealing with a boardroom full of um, 55 to 60-year-old men. So uh, that's a transferable skill right there. But also dealing with um, challenging behaviours from kids and other staff and parents and I don't know, but the other, the good things as well as far as your planning and programming and forecasting and being organised and managing time and all of those things that I didn't sort of realise would be um, really useful for going into business. And so tell us about your call to adventure to launching Pointer Remote. Oh, um, it's a bit of a twisty, twisty tale. Um, as I said, so I, I, I taught for... Um, nine or ten years um, here in Australia, generally in small rural schools. Um, uh, quite often they only had two or three teachers um, in the schools. And um, I also taught in the UK for a few years and spent a bit of time in North America teaching and tutoring and those sorts of things while travelling. Um, and when I came back, I started a business um, in one of the small towns that I used to teach in, um, Holbrook, which is also in southern New South Wales. And I started the Learning Tree, which was a, a comprehensive learning centre where we did tutoring and school holiday programs and exam prep and those sorts of things. And within sort of the first 12 months of that opening up, we had opened up in, in two other towns. So I had 30 staff working for me across three towns. Um, 
And then I landed probably 12 or 18 months later, landed a um, very different job um, from a friend I'd gone to boarding school with. She worked in the live export industry and they needed a sponsorship manager to manage the sponsorship for their annual event. And um, she put my name forward because I had an ABM and uh, ABN and lived in the country and um, had, <laughs> knew my way around agriculture. And so I scored this job that I did two days a week for a good few years, four or five years, um, which spurred the the founding of the next business, which was um, a sponsorship and event management business in the agriculture industry that I started with um, with a friend who had actually hurt the company she'd worked for at the time had sponsored the event. And so we sort of thought, oh, hang on, there's something in this because um, no one's sort of doing this in the ag space as far as mon- managing sponsorship um, for big events. And so um, the company that I'd started with came across as our first client. And so we then um, ran the business um, from me on our farm and Sally on her farm. And we had clients all over Australia and ran events um, in the, all over the place as well. And then it was um, that I sort of realised that unless someone um, plopped a job in your lap, like my first remote job, um, or you started your own business, that it actually wasn't that easy to access remote work. And we're talking sort of 2016, 2017, so obviously pre-COVID. And so I realised in particular for people living in rural areas and particularly women being able to access work that they were trained in or experienced in um, was actually quite tricky Um, And so I started Pointer Remote. And so we connected businesses that were looking to fill positions in their business that it didn't matter where the person that was doing the job lived um, with professionals that lived all over rural Australia. So here we are. (laughs) And so thinking about the last very interesting 12 months, how have you seen Australian businesses really adding value to the world? Um, I have seen, oh, look, I think over the last 12 months has been, um, I think, a really interesting period of time for well, everyone for obvious reasons. But for, for business owners, I think it's been a really interesting time for them to actually take stock of values and purpose and mission and be like, okay, what are we doing? Can we do this how we currently operate when you throw a, a, a global pandemic in the mix. And I think that um, they've been able to really adapt and those that have adapted and have sort of looked at like, okay, there are some positives out of this new world that we're, we're running business in. And if there's, um, if there's like ways that they can take the good from the bad, I feel like they're making real impact because they've been able to, keep up with supply and be able to deliver what um, what their offering is or they've been able to be really agile and do all those buzzwords like pivoting and being able to, to change things up. So I think that that's where they've been able to really offer um, benefit to consumers as things is because they've been able to be agile and they've been able to move with the times and, and deliver what might have been a, still a similar product but um, – but also being able to, yeah, just sort of keep up with demands and things like that. I think it's just been a really interesting time. And something that you are super passionate about is creating more opportunities for remote work through training and recruitment. Why is that something that's so important to you? 
Um, well, it actually ties back a, a originally to, to my teaching career and, and two of the schools that I taught in over that, that period of teaching have actually closed down um, due to population decline. We just didn't have the number of kids that we needed for enrolments to keep the schools open. And so I think it was very much lived experience where I see the impact that what happens when people leave, if there's not enough work or opportunities in a rural community to keep families and and people there it means you start losing the services like your school like your footy club or your netball club or all of those those sort of um social things but also your health services like with you know like if you haven't got the the population there it's harder to hold on to gps or other allied health and things and so for me that's been a real driving force with really seeing the to a, a rural community that the impact that that can have economically and socially is really um, really amazing and so how have you seen resilient dynamic and resourceful individuals playing a key role in working towards transforming Australian regional businesses oh, I just I think you see it every day that like you know it's the it's the real startup thing is that you you have a pain point or you you have something that's that's caused a challenge for you and and people then go forth and and make businesses out of it and quite often if they've they've done the all the the startup stuff properly they realize that that pain point is not only their own and that they can actually um improve the way of life or the way of doing business or the way of all sorts of things, I think that that's been um, a really a really interesting thing and I think that that's where small business just plays such a vital role in how we do life and um, and how we do business. It's a really, um, I think that, that small business has such a, 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 a I don't know, a, a big offering and a big, they make such a big impact with the, the, the problem solving that those, those businesses are doing. And what are some of the key steps that really enable businesses to create a successful remote workforce? Uh, culture, culture, culture. I think that I know that that should be um, that should be the the thing for all businesses. Like the the best way to to hold on to staff or to attract staff is to to really be able to to demonstrate that you've got a really strong community and. Um, and culture within the business because that's how you get the best out of your your employees. If they love the purpose of your business and love the culture and love going to work, whether that's um, in an office or if it's um, working remotely, I think just having a really big focus on what it looks like to actually work in your organisation um, is really important regardless of where the office is. I think in a remote sense, it's really important to understand that it actually takes work and that you actually need to take a, a different um, a different strategy, but just also just to, to be really front of mind and for you to be able to, um, to really focus on that it actually takes work, that those incidental things that can happen when you've got an office, that, that, that culture building and the camaraderie that happens around the water cooler or in the tea room, that that actually needs to be manipulated in a way and that you actually need to create that in an online way. Um, I'm the biggest advocate for you need to catch up with your team at least a few times a year in the flesh. Like that is still so important. I'm definitely not a, not an advocate for remote 
a hundred percent of the time at all times. Like um, I think just that being able to catch up with people, whether it's in the main office, if you've got one, or if it's um, meeting up somewhere nice, like possibly on a beach somewhere is also really nice. But um, I think that that, that human connection and those things that happen outside of the the formal meetings and those sorts of things is really important to 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 building a a really successful remote culture in a in a company that's yeah running and having people working from anywhere and i see it every day you know so many different organizations really trying to advance this hybrid model uh, for the workforce for the future so they can really accommodate to everyone's uh, needs and how everyone wants to work in 100 percent. and i think that that moving forward businesses that don't sort of acknowledge and embrace that we're doing work differently now i think they're they might be able to sort of bumble along for a, another year or two but i think that they genuinely will start losing their best staff to their competitors if they're not offering some form of flexibility. And like I was saying earlier, that being able to to cherry pick the good from the bad that's come out of the last 12 months, I think that that's where, where people are just going to really see that they can get the best out of their people, which means that you're getting the best version of your company and your customers are getting everyone. It's a win-win for everyone. And what's a key message that you are really passionate about that you've been advocating and championing through the work at Pointer? Um, I think that the, the fact that talent doesn't only reside in the city, I think that that's still a mindset that even country people um, are, are faced with that challenge of thinking that I, I, I quite often will hear small businesses based in the in rural areas that might say that oh yeah I don't know like putting on someone locally or in another rural town they sort of think like oh could they possibly be as good as someone that lives in the city which is just is just such a um a sort of funny thing to get your head around but it's just that sort of I suppose part of an unconscious bias that we've sort of had it drilled into us as country people sort of your whole you leave your little town, that you, you go to the big city for your experiences, all of your big um, life-changing things and that that can't possibly happen in a rural area. And so I think that that's something that we're really passionate is trying to to aid the, the mindset change around that and to say you really can have amazing people working for you and running amazing businesses in rural areas. And I think that, that the last 12 months has really impacted that in a positive way in that it like um, people are really starting to realise like, oh, hang on, that's actually right and you can run a really amazing viable business from a rural area and you can also access really incredible talent that lives in those places as well. And so what are some of the hot topics at your office at the moment that you are really excited about? Oh, well, some really big, interesting things that we've been excited about. So like going back to sort of our core areas of our business, we have sort of three areas that we are really passionate about, which is the the sort of recruitment jobs board platform that we have, which is the actual connection piece of being able to connect businesses with the talent and vice versa. We also run um, 
programs working with local governments or community groups in rural areas to actually upskill businesses and individuals to leverage remote work. And so we love doing that. And it's been really fabulous that we now with restrictions easing that we can actually get back out on the road and we run those programs as a, a combination, which is still really exciting running in-person workshops and things, as well as then the rest of the programs delivered online. Um, but the third thing that we're really focusing on at the moment, which is really exciting, is this um, big sort of, I suppose, decentralisation wave that's taking over Australia and that people are really looking at this concept of regionalisation and, and picking up and leaving the city to either take your job or to take your business or to start a new business in a rural area. And so we're really um, we're really excited about the opportunities and um, and things that that rural areas so not just big regional centers but that rural communities can offer people to to relocate and to start fresh and to be able to um, not only benefit you as an individual or a family group but the impact that that has like I mentioned earlier that the impact of someone relocating to a rural community and that reversing of the the migration to the city is is really exciting. So that takes up a lot of our time um, in our in our team meetings and um, doing lots of things, um, not just in Australia as well. That we've actually been doing some work in um, in other parts of the world as well. As far as that um, that decentralisation phenomenon, that's not just um, isolated to Australia. You're seeing it in a lot of a lot of countries elsewhere, and especially those that have got a like an educated rural population as well. So it's really exciting times. And Joe, I'm sure there's both positive and negatives to that decentralisation piece and obviously the shift to, you know, a national shift really around regionalisation. What are some of those positives and what might be some of those negatives that we might need to... Um, well, on the positive consider? side of things like... Um, more people means more services realistically. So when you've got, like I said, that reverse of people leaving, it means you've got enough kids to keep schools open. You've got enough people to field footy and, and netball teams. Like you get to keep that GP that, that lives in town because there's um, enough people to warrant keeping those services um, funded. So the positives are just incredible, like of that um, – well, for the for the rural communities and the people that are already there and the positives for the people going there is that, like, I think a, a lot of people have felt over the years, especially that are that are doing that sort of city rat race, that 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 lack of connection to community and, and to people around them and that that slower paced life, I think, like we. I don't know, we sort of um, romanticise it a bit, but I think that a lot of people find that that really genuinely is what life looks like um, in a smaller place. And so I think those are some of the positives. Um, look, the negatives, two major, major negatives, which are um, forever, and well, I shouldn't say forever, but are definitely a thorn in the side of people moving and communities trying to attract them um, is connectivity, which is still a big challenge for a lot of communities, but is definitely improving every day, which is good. But the second thing is um, actually access to housing. Like that actually is a really big challenge for a lot of areas. Like I know I keep seeing it in the media like that, um, especially the regional centres, um, so your Woggers and your Dubbo's and your Tamworths, um, 
they're really like they have a housing crisis like Coffs Harbour you can't find a house to live in um, and that seems to be a thing that is trickling down into those rural communities as well that there is um, yes the housing is more affordable if you can get in so that really is a really big challenge um, for people looking to relocate but it also then causes some pretty major social issues when you've got lots of people trying to move there and they're snaffling up um, houses that people that might not have been on bigger um, like as similar incomes and those sorts of things like the, the housing is a really really big issue across rural Australia. You've raised lots of interesting facts and certainly things that I've been uh, thinking about after spending a couple of years in regional NZ over the last few years. So it's certainly uh, top of mind living back in Australia now. Um, so what are some of the ways that you really actively challenge the status quo in your role? Hmm. I think um, that's probably changed a bit in the last 12 months as well, actually, which has been quite interesting as um, quite often um, – I would find myself, um, especially if I went to things in Sydney or Melbourne or the in, in the city, to, so events, quite often I would, um, especially because I was in the, the tech space, so having a tech startup, I would quite often find that I would be one of very few women in the room, but I would generally 99% of the time I would be the only person that's come from a rural community that would be in the room in a metro area. So I think that my pushback on that country bumpkin um, sort of view on rural Australia that people quite often have in a, in a metro area that I um, was also quite mean for quite a long time that I would start an event or a speaking gig in a in a center like in a metro center and would say like yes I I live in a rural area and I I run a company and I have a university degree and I have all of my teeth and sort of people would awkwardly laugh but they would sort of smile and nod and say yeah you actually are sort of not what we have in mind that um that this this image of of rural australia is not it doesn't quite translate to to how it actually is in reality so i think that that's probably where i see myself pushing back a fair bit and like i said it has changed a bit over the 12 months because i feel with covid with lockdown with people working remotely and running simultaneous to things like the buy from the bush campaign and with um, really people engaging in the drought and now the floods and um, also with rural communities bouncing back with the rain that we had last year. I think that that, that divide between country and metro um, as far as the perspectives and the views of what people are actually like is is changing and I think that that's been a really big positive um, as well. But, gee, we've still got a very long way to go as far as um, sort of even just that that equality piece as far as people, um, how they the, – the mindset piece, sorry, not so much equality piece, but that, that just thinking outside the box and, and acknowledging that um, while – yes, it's fabulous to go on a long weekend to a nice rural area or a nice place down the coast that like shifting it, that gear, like a gear further to be like, oh, hang on, like actually that is a, a life option or that is something that we actually could do with our family or with our company. And 
um, it's been really interesting to watch as well, sort of government acknowledging that, like I know that some of the state governments are really pushing not so much just the decentralisation of individual people but trying to encourage business to to actually relocate and, and to set up shop in a rural area and I think that that's all coming together and um, I don't know, I would love to think that I've played even a slight little role in, in that. So um, that's a very long-winded answer to your status quo question. <laughs> I think that every possible seed that is planted can only be a good one to nourish that, absolutely. And so Trade Square has been focused on celebrating women for International Women's Day, which has obviously been this month, and the theme of Choose to Challenge. How do you choose to challenge? Um, I think a lot of it is internal challenging. I quite often um, I find that I will sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and I'm sure a lot of business owners, well, actually, to be honest, lots of humans um, can, like, sympathise with that as well. But I think that the challenge of... um, I've chosen to go into business. I've chosen to employ people and to take a risk and to put myself out there as as not only the the company's sort of brand but also like that personal brand that goes with promoting our company. And I suppose that that is, has all been my choice. And, yes, while it will sometimes keep me up at night, I think that there is no way we could have made the impact that we have to date without me doing that and so I think that that's something when I'm sort of again staring at the ceiling in the middle of the night that I really have to remind myself is that I chose this and I chose to do this and um, put your big girl pants on and um, get on with it because well not only do I have staff that actually depend on our company for their income but I also have a community that we've built that really um, looks to us for for things that will change their life. And that sounds a bit like woo-woo, but we have got people that are are looking for work and I know firsthand what impact that makes if we can make that connection for them and they can access that work from where they're living, the impact that that has for that individual, for their feeling of purpose and the mental health benefits for that individual of what it's like to be part of a team and to be working and to be contributing financially to their family, but also um, for that family to be able to build resilience against sort of future droughts and floods and things, especially for farming families, because there is um, access to a a reliable off-farm income, which is just so vital for being able to smooth out those those lumpy cash flow things that a lot of um, farming families face. But, again, the impact that 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 salary has on that person's community and that they shop locally and that they might go to the pub for dinner once a fortnight and they're spending locally, um, which is really really that's just such a buzz for us so I think that those are the things that I really need to remind myself when I'm having the the dark days and I feel like I'm in the the ditch of it being all a bit too hard like they're the they're the choose to challenge reasons and yeah like I said I I chose to do this and so I've got to stick with it absolutely so thank you Joe, so much for sharing your passion and your wisdom with having me
For more information on TradeSquare, head to www.tradesquare.com.au and support Australian business economic recovery and growth with a collaborative approach to the future of business. Thank you.